everybody. Welcome in. Good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of the Buddhist Biohacker. And today we have our featured guest, Julie Hoyle, who we love and respect so much, back for keeping it real. Welcome back, Julie. Thank you so much. I've been really dying to get back on because I think it's been, what, three months, Lisa, since we had a conversation about what keeping it real means. So, so I'm ready to dive right in. And I would like to say to all those who are listening and watching and joining to please uh, share, you know, if you want to, you know, share something or ask a question or, you know, whatever you want to do um, to keep the conversation going. We really, really appreciate it because Lisa and I both do this for you as a way of shining light and supporting the truth that you are the self, the supreme self, or you are already realized, or however you want to sort of phrase that. <laughs> so, so please, please, um, yeah, just feel free to comment. That would be absolutely fantastic. So, so what I wanted to do was start with an anecdote that landed this afternoon, and that relates to my grand grandfather on my mother's side. His name uh, was, is, is not alive anymore, but his name was Maurice. And he was the most lovely, gentle, kind, compassionate, caring individual you can imagine. Quite shy. His, um, his work, his livelihood was, was in carpentry. He was a carpenter and he was a very, very mm. skilled carpenter as well. He could essentially create anything from wood and do marquetry and all kinds of things. And uh, what happened is when the kids were out of the house and gone, you know, he and my grandmother turned their attention to collecting antiques. They were absolutely crazy for antiques. So they started gathering antiques in their, I think, mid 30s, late 30s, something like that. And they soon had a whole house full of, of you know, re and really good top quality pieces from the Wedgwood factory and rose glass and all kinds of things. I mean, their, their home was like this museum, I guess you could call it, or exhibition space or whatever. So, so whenever we would go and visit, he would you know, be showing us all these things. And I, I'm trying to remember what, when it was, but I think now it must have been maybe 15 years ago, which was, it was, it was one summer Went and obviously Tony and I were living in the Bahamas and it was one summer when we went to visit the UK and visit family and so we went with my mom to visit my grandmother and my grandfather. So um, he very quietly came over to us and just said, you know, would you like to come and see my secret space? So we said yes. So, you know, we were intrigued and he had a ladder that took us up into the loft so we all, you know, shimmied up the ladder and went into this fairly large loft space. And he was showing us some of his very, very rare finds. Uh, so we looked at those and we had conversations. Then he went to the wood paneling along the side and he tapped. And there was movement and, some, and he had created, he'd made these secret wood panels that would move with a tap or a movement, you know, with, with one of the sort of round, surround spaces and it would slide open. And there was no like little knobs or indentations. You, if you looked at the walls, it looked just like it was wood paneling and there was nothing hidden at wow. all. He had four or five secret little compartments up in the loft that you would never find if you didn't know. And he slid them open and he took out these very, very rare silver coins from, from I don't even know what decade it was, but it was, you know, I think it was pre-World War One, And he was telling us the cost and the price and the value of them, which was very, very high. And so he would go into one compartment, pull them out and show us, and then he'd go into another compartment, pull them out and show us. So, of course, Tony and I were absolutely fascinated we spent several hours up there with him. He was absolutely delighted to share this information and to show us because it obviously did not do it with everybody. And um, so we were just, our minds were blown 
quite honestly, because we hadn't, he'd never mentioned this before. My grandmother had never mentioned it before. My mother didn't know either because we told her that, you know, later on. She's like, really? Really? We said yes. So anyway, what happened was my grandfather died a, a year or two later and uh, my grandmother survived for four or five or six years, something. It, it wasn't too much longer. And then she passed away. And then, of course, the house was sold. And prior to the house being sold, you know, I told my brothers and my mom and everybody, listen, there's the, there are these secret chambers up in the loft and there are valuables in them. You know, these, these rare coins. Before you sign the contract and hand the house over, you might want to go up there and Right. so you know and i'm giving them this information tony and i are in the bahamas and all of those things so so what happened is my two middle brothers went to the house shimmied up the ladder tried to find their secret compartments and could not find them and they tried and tried and tried and could not find them. I guess they didn't know. There must maybe have been some mechanism or something and they just couldn't figure it out. And so those coins stayed behind those wood panels. The house was sold. And my brother, who's just a darling, is just such a sweetheart, actually went to the house and spoke to the lady, the new owner that had taken it on and told her that there were these kind of red coins up in the loft. And, you know, it was up to her whether she wanted to go and take a look. But the reason I'm sharing this is that this, this anecdote is just so, so, so like what happens when we have a shift in consciousness or there's an awakening. We start to access or have access to our gifts, you know, and that might come through, you know, our creativity exploding or becoming more intuitive or more connected in or suddenly we might want to write poetry and all of those things and there can be a tendency rather than standing behind that and owning it and, and, and sort of sharing it because I often think you know if my grandfather had actually taken the time to share these coins out and give them to family members especially as he was getting advanced in age and really he, he wasn't going to do much with them then everybody would have benefited. And it's not necessarily that we would have sold them, but it was just lovely to have something that belonged to my grandfather and my grandmother. And, and you know, and the thing is, is this is how we can be. We can be very tentative with respect to sharing our gifts and revealing them because, uh, you know, we're often afraid of being judged or afraid of being seen or what will people think and, and, and so on and so forth. And I know that that has certainly been true in my case. It's probably been true in your case too, as well, Lisa, with respect to kind of the bigger projects landing, you know, <laughs> rather than kind of sitting on them and hiding them away. Or maybe speak, you know, another thing we do is we'll have conversations with maybe one or two people and reveal our vision or reveal our idea, but don't necessarily share it and sort of take it to the what I call the next level so i'm sure you've got your own little um kind of anecdotes or experiences around what that looks like and i'm sure listeners have as well right because because there can be some fear around really stepping out and being seen it's always about being seen and i know one of the things that my grandfather was a little nervous about was 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 break-ins and you know burglars going into the house and stealing what he'd collected for all these years and I'm sure that was part of the reason he had sort of made these secret sort of compartments and it was hiding away the most valuable um the most valuable items and this is how we can be <laughs> well I'll just show yeah. this little bit but I'm gonna <laughs> hide this part because this part is it really is <laughs> you know very beautiful or very powerful or very radiant or whatever descriptors we want to give to the things. So I think this is a great place to start because I'm sure we've all had experiences with this and there can be fear around owning the truth of who we are and shining it and shining bright and sharing it. Mm -hmm. I love this story because it, it really is like 
exactly what happens. And it makes me think of two specific, like direct things. One is how many times I've been pulled aside at a party or at somebody's house and they're like, you know, I know, I know you're a psychic and I see this or I talk to people and it's like a secret. It's like, they, they know they can tell me, but they don't, they're not, they don't want anybody else to know. And then the other thing that it makes me think of is how many times people come to my office and sit down in front of me and say, I've always wanted to write a book or I have this idea. And they like have these brilliant, creative, fantastic ideas. And it's like, they're looking for permission to go do them. And sometimes they still don't go do them. Even when you say, Oh yeah, you have these gifts or yes, you should write a book. It's like, there's, there's still this, this not completing it or not bringing it out. Just like you're, you're talking about here. Yes. And, and, and pulling back or taking one step and then pulling back or feeling overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. you know, and giving themselves too many busy projects rather than actually, you know, taking one step towards their call to action. And also there's a lack of trust as well with respect to the universe or the self or source stepping up to facilitate and support whatever help you need because as you and I both know when you don't have a clue how you know you'll do whatever it is you're called to do someone will show up and and support you or guide you in the right direction and that is unfailing it happens every single time and in fact you know when I really really you know I and usually actually that is the case I don't have a clue and um, I just kind of will ask a question, you know, to source the universe. And then someone, you know, synchronicity uh, happens. And then I'm getting, I'm given some support, at least to take the first step and then to keep going with it. And, and, and you know, and this is true with everything, you know, whether it's a creative project or it might be um, kind of an, an, an intuition about looking for a new job, you know, or asking for a raise. You know, or whatever, however that sort of plays itself out. It's really source itself getting your attention, dropping an intuition into your being so that you kind of hear it and, 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 and you know, recognize what it's saying. But then, but then finding the courage to take that step and, and follow wherever it's, it's leading. And, and like you, what I find is, you know, especially with the people I work with, they have these incredible ideas and motivations mm-hmm. to do things. And sometimes they've been holding on to those for 10 or 15 or 20 years and not doing anything with it. And, and they'll say, oh, I'm not sure. You know, I don't know. And I'm, I always say, if it's still in you, it's, if it still has vitality, if it is still knocking on your door, then believe me, it is for you and it is your job to do something with this so that it doesn't sort of fall on, on fallow ground, you know? And, um, Mm -hmm. and, and this is where you get your vitality and your energy. right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, I want to say something about it, but I also want to say hello to all these incredible comments and all of you guys who are here with us. We have such a great audience. Um, Mary is sharing. She said, um, this is a wonderful break in my day to be with my favorite community. And Karen feels the same way. Thank you guys so much. Um, I love this. And Hope says that contagious smile is just what I needed to see. Oh, I love that so much. So, um, you know, thank yeah. you guys for sharing. I would love for you guys to share because we have such a huge audience today. And you guys are all commenting. Um, what are you hiding? What gifts are you hiding? I want to hear what you're hiding. And, um, you know, it's funny, Julie, because today's the new moon in Aries. And the message of a new moon in Aries is it's time to take action, which is so perfect with what you're talking about. Because what I wanted to say was it seems like we think we have to identify with something in order to do it. Like, well, I'm not a writer, so I can't write a book or I'm not an artist. So I don't know why I'm thinking of painting. There's this, I hear that all the time. And I, and I know you do. <laughs> yes. 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 All the time. And, and you know, and it can be very helpful if you have somebody that embodies someone in your life who embodies the qualities 
or the gifts that you most want to bring forth. That can be very helpful, you know, but the thing that, that can often happen is there can be this sort of comparison game where you think, oh, you know, she's so successful and her work is so amazing and my work, you know, I'm just starting and, you know, and, and, and you know, will, will people even pay attention and am I ready? So it's, the thing is oftentimes is, am I ready or I'm not ready? <laughs> I need to learn more and do more, whatever, whatever, whatever. And that can also can be a really big obstacle because it really is born of fear. It's fear of failure or fear of, of not being successful or fear of not being accepted or what, you know, however that sort of plays out mm -hmm. rather than actually just sitting and listening to what your own intuitive guidance is speaking to and calling you to and, and, and maybe just starting by saying, let me just have some fun with this and see what happens rather than mm -hmm. feeling like, you know, it's got to become a big project. I mean, it might, but but you know in the initial stages it's really about honoring that and and certainly again i can speak to that because the the whole reason i started writing however many years ago it was now 2005 or 6 or something like that was because i really felt a need to journal like you as a big sort of journal writer and keeper and i would just ask self-inquiry questions in my journal and before I knew it, I'd start writing, 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 and 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 really, you know, expressing that and sharing that, and and, and asking questions of source, and just seeing what would come out of that, and you know, and all of that journal writing has been fantastic with respect to content because I can still pull out from all those years ago these very meaty, nuggety, very wise. Um, kind of things that would land that I would just uh, I, it was dictated it felt like you know and I would I would write it down in my journal you know and so that so the reason I'm sharing that is because we never know what the beginning phase is going to sort of lead us into but we have to say yes right we have to at yeah. least be willing to try something out and then and, and then just go with it and see where it takes us because I'm sure if you hadn't listened to your prompt to do your journal writing, that wouldn't have then in the same way led you to write your books, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, and everybody's starting points are different. It might be that you meditate or you go in nature, into nature or, you know, however that plays out. But, but, but you have to play your part with respect to at least engaging in, in, in what your call to action looks like in the very beginning. And, and then trust that mm -hmm. the right experts or the right people to help support you will show up because they really always, always do. And it might just be a comment that somebody says to you in the food store and you know it just, it just lands, right? And it's just like, oh my gosh, how did they know, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and there's the resilience that comes, I think, from the inner work because you have to be able to receive, like, you have to be able to receive the criticism that's going to block you, you know, because yes. I think that that's a big part of it is you're either afraid to take the step or when you do something immediately happens where you're like, oh, no, you know, I shouldn't do this um, or it's not right. And I think for me anyways, it's been my perseverance, like my willingness, like if I can't figure out how to work something technical or if I get pushback on something to keep going and and to use that as almost like as an, a way to empower yourself to keep going i think and that comes from doing the inner work and the shadow work is like not letting those old tapes play that say oh i can't do that or i just won't even bother or nope it's showing me i can't tell you how many times julie i've heard somebody say well i've gotten these signs i shouldn't do this and i think is it a sign you're not supposed to do it or is it just a test to see if you're really going to do it, you know? Yes. yes, yes, yeah, because it's so easy to sort of opt out if things don't go smoothly. And, of course, they never go smoothly. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Look, look, in the, look the, the other side of all of this, or the, big, the big sort of aspect of this, too, is that when you understand that what you're call, being called to and what you're responding to 
isn't coming from a place of self-aggrandizement. Oh, I'm going to write a book because Julie, I want Julie Hall to be famous, you know, the best-selling author. <laughs> oh, and maybe I'll get onto Oprah Winfrey. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, wait, I need to get my head, you know, and oh, maybe I need a facelift. It, it's none of that, right? It's nothing to do with that. Honest to God, yeah. seriously, if it was that, I wouldn't be a, a million miles away from right where I am right now. There's no way. <laughs> I'm absolutely not interested. There's no interest at all in that. It's actually quite a surprise that I'm doing what I'm doing, just because normally, you know, I'm fairly contemplative, quiet and all of those things. But it, 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 it's about honoring the path, honoring the tradition, honoring the, the awakening power honoring the validity and the truth that I am the embodiment of source. You are the embodiment of source. And everyone here is the embodiment of source, which is your true nature. And I keep banging my drum about that because that is the truth. And it has proven itself again and again in my life. And so my call to action is to speak to that, to serve that, and to be a reflection for that and of that. So it's about, you know, honoring the light of that and the beauty of that and the expansion of that and the abundance of that, rather than, you know, the, the Julie Hoyle like kind of label or whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that really has no relevance here. It's, it's, it's about honoring everything that I have been given that I'm so grateful for and, and, and utilizing and sharing the gifts of that in order to help facilitate transformation and awakening and self-recognition in those that are ready to receive what is given through what I share. And I know this is true for you and your work, and I know this is also true for all those people who have any interest at all in what you and I are saying, because, you know, if it was really about the ego and self-aggrandizement, nobody would be on this show. <laughs> Probably, I don't know where they'd be, but they'd maybe, I don't know where they'd be. I don't want to call any names, but anyway, you know, it, they really would not be here. It just is not about <laughs> I agree. Talk about, we have so many comments. This is so awesome. You guys are rocking today. Um, so let's see here. We're, we have things we're denying, making music. We have, I'm hiding my ability to connect with goddess and divine feminine energy. Carrie says, the gift she's hiding is animal communication has always been present in my life for the longest time. I thought everyone did this and now I recognize what a gift it truly is. Mary says, you guys, you guys are just this awesome. Taking action is precisely what I've been tapped into. I have a very slow natural rhythm and I am pushing myself forward to keep my momentum and your community and everyone here are. And we have Shelly says, resonate, follow the flow of what feels right in each moment. Joy calling gets stronger and stronger. Um, let's see, what else do we have? Um, let's see, we have another one from Shelly honoring. It's motivating. So yeah, thank you guys for all your shares. It's so many, and, and look at all of those beautiful gifts that you guys are hiding that really, they're out now. You just said it out loud. So now they're out. <laughs> yes. can't hide anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, well, this is making me think. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. It's like the lid has been lifted. You know, that sort of secret compartment has been blown open, so to speak. <laughs> yes. You can't hide anymore. We see you. And um, it makes me think of my book. I guess I'll share it because it does make me think of this. So I just finished my next book and um, I got some tough criticism or, or, or pushback on my content from the publisher yesterday. And this is one of those moments where I did have that moment where I thought, well, geez, like, should I just not bother? Should I do this a different way? Like, what am I doing? And I think that's the, the thing is, you get things like that that happen. And for me, what happened was in a very short amount of time, I was upset for about an hour and then I moved on because what I realized was I was just being invited to do more work. Like I'm being invited, like there's more to do here. There's more to refine, there's more to do. And there's something I'm gonna get from it. 
And so I think that's what's helped me to say yes to everything that I've been asked to do is I know I'm going to be learning from it. Something is going to come. And when it does, there's always this huge expansion. Like every time you go through something hard and you learn something and you have to do something, there's all this expansion that comes from it too. Yeah, every single time, as, as uncomfortable as that can be, you know, it just is, it's, it's incredible. Uh, you know, and it can be hard. Sometimes it can knock you flat for a few days. I mean, I can't mm -hmm. tell you the number of times. I think the first time I wrote the first book, the whole draft, you know, my computer crashed. I hadn't backed it up. Well, I'd backed up kind of earlier versions, but I'd got into this, you know, real sort of movement with it. And I was banging out the chapters. It was just going so well. You know, you just feel like you're in that flow. And it was amazing. And I just felt really good about it. And then the computer just sort of crashed. Mm -hmm. and everything was gone so I had to start all over again and I honestly I was so upset you can imagine right so but but it was a big lesson because because I also realized that the words and everything the content was still there it was still because it came from source it, it was nothing to do with the mind. So, so, but it was, you know, I had to extract it again and do the sort of the mechanical work of sort of typing it all out again. But, but it was a really big lesson. <laughs> make sure and save as you go, right? And have yeah. it to places and all the things that you hear. And, you know, I'd heard that for years, but was I doing it? No. And then, you know, I was creating the intuitive art courses a, a few times. I did the recordings and it was just, go, it was beautiful, it was a beautiful day and so on and so forth. And, you know, I do a recording for 25 minutes or 40 minutes or something like that. And then when I go to upload it, the, the file was corrupted or I could, mm -hmm. I had used up all my space and then I couldn't extract it when I'd released some space, you know, and on and on the story went. So there were a few of those kinds of situations as well. And um, you just have to really just be able to sort of just deal with it and <laughs> and turn it into a positive. And I always say, okay, what, what was I meant to learn here? What's the big, what's the primary teaching here? What, what was I missing or what did I overlook? And there's always a gift in, inherent in absolutely everything. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. you know, it's never about just yeah. dropping it. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I have a little delay today. I've noticed it on the earlier show, so I don't mean to interrupt you. I've got this weird delay, I think. Yeah. But yeah, um, no, I had the same thing happen. With yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying the same thing happened with Awake and Grace. I had 15 interviews and I lost all my content. It was all deleted and there's no way to get it back. And it was pretty devastating and and this went on for a few weeks and um i was able to retrieve it um but when you talk about what you learn from it i think for me i had kind of put that project aside and through that process i realized i really wanted to follow through on that project and am following through on that project now and then that's when the content was retrieved and i was able to actually recover it but um and i did go get a hard drive to back things up after that too <laughs> it's funny the way these things work but you know this like i said there's always a lesson in everything but you know oftentimes what happens and i know you get this too with the people i work with they'll start something they'll have a glitch like that and then they'll think that that's a sign you know i shouldn't be doing it or it's not gonna work or whatever the story is. <laughs> It's like, no, this is just, you know, a little bump and, you know, keep going. <laughs> so, yeah, it's really about being able to sort of deal with all of that. Because, um, you know, we're in the world, we deal with things in the world and, and, and stuff like this comes up. But, it, it, but it's really mm -hmm. important to really own and stand behind what your gifts are and, um, and, and also don't be afraid to expand on them, you know, instead of just okay, maybe you learn, maybe you're, you're an intuitive and you can do sort of card reading or something like that. And that's worked well for five or 10 years or something. You know what I mean? Um, but, but you just don't get stuck 
in 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 that kind of the pattern or the comfort of that <laughs> you know be, be willing mm-hmm. to kind of expand and to look at what your next call is with respect to really you know inviting in new gifts or expanding on the gifts in a new way and looking at how you can um you know serve humanity through that because it's always about uplifting humanity helping to awaken humanity um and honoring what you've been given rather than you know going mm-hmm. to your grave with your gifts still in you you know or your gifts locked mm-hmm. away as in my grandfather's case um and that is true of many 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 people who um in this world who just don't give themselves a chance really is what it is mm-hmm. yeah well, yeah and, and i think that there's so much value in what you're saying about you know being open to new things because things do evolve and we evolve if we're doing things right you know if we're working on ourselves we evolve and i think you know, it's really important to go back to what you said, Julie, at the very beginning about does it have vitality? Because I think we can get stuck in a pattern of doing something, even if it is our gifts. And my direct example is is me as a psychic reader. That was a really important part of my journey was to work with all of you as a psychic reader and do psychic fairs and read cards and learn all this stuff and, you know, help you. And what has happened is, is that over these years, that kind of energy has really shifted for me. And I want to support in a different way. And I have different gifts I want to use to support you. And so you really have to look at, you know what, when it's time to put something away and really shift into something new. And I think that links to like lack and abundance too, because I think we think we have to hold on to something Mm -hmm. and that holding on like that, that, that is part of why we don't open up to our gifts, I think, is because we're, we're clinging to something that looks a certain way or a certain identity or whatever. And I think letting all that go and just becoming who you're meant to be today in this moment, and it just creates so much expansion. I, I never thought I'd be like a producer of film. And all of a sudden, that's what I'm doing. And I'm like, wow, I actually really love this. And it's not all I do. But... I, I, when I, when it came down, like, Hey, you're going to make a documentary. I'm like, what the heck? How am I going to do that? But you just find a way, but you learn that you actually have these other skills you never had. If you just put it aside, like you're never going to bring something into the world that really needs to be there. Yes, exactly. You know, and it can be a little bit daunting when these kind of new directives land in areas that you really feel like you don't have expertise in and you, you know, or you're kind of new at, it can be like, oh, I'm not sure about this. Um, and then, and then just by just, again, taking the first step, you realize, wow, you, you really love, you know, you're really loving what you're doing and what you're learning. And then really that love is about fresh vitality and energy and, you know, insight and expansion and transformation and all of those things. And it's really that that gives you, um, it, it gives you kind of enthusiasm for life in a new way, no matter how old you are, right? <laughs> you yeah. know, it, and, 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 it, and it really is, it's so important, I think, not to get stuck in these kind of grooves of doing the same thing because you've had, maybe had success with doing certain things and just being being willing to open and, and try something that is different, something that stretches you and maybe something that scares you a little, you know, and um, not worrying about what the outcome looks like. Because mm-hmm. because if it's, a, if it's a call to service from source itself, then it has to be good in my mind. <laughs> right? I agree. Yes. And I want to share, Amy has a great story here in her comments. She said, I went through a significant trauma about 12 years ago. It completely disconnected me from my ability to draw and paint, which was my major in college and what I've always done. And she goes on to say, 
through the process of healing that trauma, which started four years ago, I started to want to draw again. And that's part of what's going into the book that I'm writing. It's all connected. And I love hearing that so much. It's thank you for sharing. You guys are just, these comments are awesome. Yes, because you know, trauma, and this is a, that's a great share from Amy because trauma will close down gifts faster than anything, right? Because it can really impact your psyche and your emotional body and all of those things. And it can really sort of diminish your energy and your vitality around even getting behind anything new or even things that you've done, always done and always loved. Um, but again, there's always a positive. There's always something beneficial that comes out of that. So I'm really happy to hear that Amy's going to be utilizing her direct experience um, and, and, and helping people because there's a need for that. There's a need to be able to use art or self-inquiry or, or, you know, whatever you want to, however you want to sort of call it, to, to work with, with trauma and with grief and, um, you know, emotional upset and all of those things, especially in the world today. Mm-hmm. So, and direct, your own direct experience is incredibly potent and incredibly powerful because mm-hmm. that has the greatest value it's, it's a treasure so mm-hmm. that's really wonderful to hear it are there any other shares here there are i mean this is just awesome you guys are rocking in here so mary said i was working towards a successful music career that looked a specific way and just never landed the traction i wanted always a little bit behind my goal when i opened up a new way of sharing my music my whole world burst open so thank you for sharing and mary of course we love her so much but yeah i mean yes Yes. it's amazing when we think things are supposed to be a certain way when we let that go is when everything changes yes yeah because you know and i've shared this before you know pretty soon after my spiritual awakening in 1989 it was so radical and you know life-changing really and all of those things and i started becoming interested in you know everything from meditation to reiki and to whatever else you know i had this fantasy that rather than teaching high school in high school that I would set up, you know, I'd learn some sort of healing techniques or whatever and set up an office and have some nice music playing and, you know, the water over the pebbles and just very, (laughs) this calm atmosphere to take me outside of, you know, the craziness in in high schools. And, um, you know, I had that dream for quite a while and I was always trying to sort of figure out, you know, how to get out of teaching so I could do this other thing that would be just so calming. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, then I got wise to what was going on through doing the shadow work and then realizing I was absolutely where I needed to be because through the work I was doing and through my own awakening and the direct sort of process and integration of that, the students I was meeting every day were benefiting. And I know that there were many, many, many students that had awakenings and continue to have awakenings. And, um, and I hear it all the time through what they say to me. I mean, I got a card just, was it yesterday? I'm trying to, I've got it here, um, from a, a, a girl that's 14. And she says, I'm gonna read it for you actually, because this, and this isn't, again, it's not, um, it's not coming from self-aggrandizement at all it's coming from source and the the words of this student tell me that she's connecting to source she recognizes source she feels seen and in her own language you know that is what she's 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 receiving when she's when she spends time with me so she says thank you for being such a great teacher and for adding color to our lives your this is it, your calm, helpful, patient presence in the art room really adds to the class. I really appreciate you. I really love how I feel when I'm with you. And I hope that you continue shining your light. Mm, And that's from a 13 year old. So, 
you know that it, that speaks volumes again it's not about self-aggrandizement it's about the recognition of the self it's about her feeling seen it's about her being able to articulate the words that have meaning for her and really help her to you know be herself and be at ease and then discover you know who she is and what her gifts look like too and and mm -hmm. find the courage and the confidence to to stand behind them because a lot of what i do is with adults or kids is always about what feels right for you you know and they say oh what color should this be or what should i put there what feels right for you you know what would that look like what, what do you think that would be and it's always about that it's always about you know honoring the light of the self reflecting the light of the self and speaking to the light of the self you know obviously using appropriate language um, whether it's teenagers or adults but it's about it's always about that you know and and, and how for, for everybody here how do you reflect that how do you mirror that how do you stand in the ownership of that you know and what is your call to action with sharing the gifts of who you are mm -hmm. through your music your art your poetry your writing your you know whatever it is your work you know even if it's you feel like well i don't have many creative gifts you know here i am an accountant or whatever i'm just in the office with you know a team of people well the light of the self the light of your heart is actually what's doing the work and it is that that is helping other people to awaken to the self it doesn't necessarily mean that you're using spiritual language you know or you might be working i don't know in mcdonald's or in a coffee shop or whatever it doesn't matter <laughs> it really doesn't matter what you're doing it's about your own self-recognition and then shining the light of that so others can and can recognize it within themselves mm -hmm. Well, and it's worth, you know, what you're bringing up is worth uh, sharing kind of my experience, which is, you know, I worked in fashion retail for 20 years, but I didn't just work in fashion retail for 20 years. I worked in retail for like two or three years, and then I'd quit and I'd go do psychic readings for one or two or three years. And then I'd quit and then I'd go to retail for two or three years and I'd quit and I'd go back to readings. And you know, in my own inner work, what I discovered, and this is, you know, Julie, this is cool because I just realized this this weekend while I was writing. This was like one of these epiphanies I had this weekend. So prior to this weekend, I absolutely knew that I was kind of escaping and not committing both ways. You know, I would go do readings and then I, you know, need a break. And I, so yes. I was kind of this weird way of like taking breaks from these things because I, I tend to run 150% if no one has noticed yet. And I, I didn't learn balance. And so I kind of go back and forth between the two. And just like you're saying, you know, I was still healing when I was sitting with a woman in a fitting room who would break down in tears and tell me her whole life story, even though she didn't know that I was, you know, a psychic or able to help her and I was holding space for her. So you're doing your work no matter where you were and no matter what you're doing. But what I realized this weekend is this back and forth, this is what changed for me last year. This is why Buddhist biohacker and Ajata Kasa and all these things actually happened because what happened last year is I realized that I was not committed to my path or my gifts and it was time to step into it all the way. And when I did that, there was no more, oh, should I go back to work? Should I do readings? Should I do this? Should... And I think a lot of us do that, just like you're saying, Julie, about your little Zen office. You know, we think, oh, if I didn't have to go to this job every day and I could do this and that, and it's this escape. And what I realized last year is I was still trying to escape, even though I was working for myself and working with clients and doing what I wanted to do. And that is what changed. That was the saying yes for me was something inside of me changed. And it was like, no, I am going to do exactly 100% what I was born to do. And I'm going to go do it. And I'm not going to be like one foot in and one foot out. And it really is why this has all happened. 
And the gifts of being able to build teams and work with people and all of those things are part of this community and part of this show. I mean, there's a lot of tactical things that I learned in fashion that I use every single day when I do what I do here. And so it's just this really beautiful way of looking at, you know, don't wait for the perfect office or the right job or the right amount of money. Just go do what you came here to do, however that looks. Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, and and just get started, you know, it it, it might not be Mm -hmm. that, um, you feel like you're in the perfect place to begin with, or, 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 you know, you're in the perfect place with respect to the creative project you're called to, but at least get started with it. You know, don't be like, and I've spoken about this before, but you know, there's a few people I know who still say they're writing their book 10 or 15 or even 20 years on, you know, and really, honestly, if it's taking that long, then there's something that's not quite right, <laughs> you know, or creating a website. Oh, I must create my website. And, you know, you and I, I mean, you're, you're the queen of websites. You've created so many, actually. <laughs> you know, and, and what we both we learned <laughs> is, is you just you just create it. And if it's not perfect, it's not perfect. You, I, you know, you hit, you hit publish and that's it, you know, and you can refine it as you go. But again, I know a lot mm-hmm. of people that talk about, you know, they want to get their website absolutely perfect and make sure that the, the content and the text and the images are perfect before they publish. And, you know, again, it's a setup for failure because it's an avoidance tactic. And, um, and the other thing mm-hmm. that I hear a lot is, oh, I've got so much creative energy and I've got all these projects I really want to work on and I just feel overwhelmed. I don't know where to begin. You know, and again, all of that oftentimes is avoidance tactics because there's an unwillingness or this fear around standing behind the one that has the most energy and is calling them the most strongly right because <laughs> so, there's always one that stands out you know you might have 10 but there might be one or two even sometimes but you know this we can think oh i'm, I'm going to try this and go over here and do that and 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 a lot of that is just really um avoidance and not not really wanting to dig deep and and just go for it and finish the one that that is calling the most loudly because there is always one that has the the biggest voice (laughs) Mm -hmm. well and i think you know the refinement and the maturity comes through doing it so i think that waiting to be ready or to have the degree or the certificate or the validation or the I've made a ton of mistakes and I'm going to make mistakes. And I think that that's the thing is that my maturity, I'm watching my own maturity happen and it's happening happening because when you do it, I said this the other day in the app, actually in spiritual entrepreneurship, when you have to write your own bio, yes. you inner work, like every, all of these things you want to do, like you're actually, it's actually, that is the work. That is the refinement. If you don't do the website wrong, you're not going to learn how to do it right. It, you have to, it's taking action that actually brings, brings it into form. It brings the criticism into consciousness. It, it, brings it all forward. So you have to deal with it. Otherwise you're not really doing any of it. And you're never going to be ready. No, no. And, and, you know, I, I guess the thing is what well, I've never really kind of worried about making mistakes ever. I've never worried about sounding like an idiot. You know, I, when I get on stage and I'm called to say something or, you know, it doesn't, I don't care. Honestly, if there's a call to action, I'll just say yes and I just do it. And I, and I really don't worry about the outcome at all. I just never have. I've never worried about falling flat on my face or something not looking good or sounding good. Because for me, the, 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 the bigger pain, so to speak, would be if I received this intuitive prompt and I didn't act on it. That to me would be mm-hmm. much more painful than saying yes to a speaking engagement, for example, and then just just not not blubbering all the way through or whatever, you know. I'd be like, <laughs> so what? 
um, <laughs> and I just have fun with it. And I think I think that's that that's the way to go, and to and and to realize it's not about self-aggrandizement; it's about honoring the supreme self or source or whatever term you want to give, just God or spirit or you know the mystery. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and just and just being open to the adventure of that and the call to serve that, because uh, to me, this is the best. This is the best show in town. So to say. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not. I've never been interested in kind of you know making a ton of money or being well known or any of those things. You know, or having a Ferrari or whatever. <laughs> You know, there's nothing wrong with those things too. I have to say, you know, if they land in your life and you have, that's that's fine. But that's just never been my motivation. My motivation has always been about truth, being in truth, speaking from truth, sharing truth, and supporting others to discover that for themselves, within themselves, right? <laughs> Rather than mm -hmm. quoting. Eckhart Tolle or, you know, Gangaji or whoever, Muji or whoever, Jesus from the Bible, you know, it's about that discovery within oneself, because that is mm -hmm. the greatest treasure, that is the greatest joy, and that is what gives us the most incredible vitality and energy, and, and, and mm -hmm. also gives us purpose in life. So mm -hmm. it's all, it's always about that. It's always about owning that and standing in the truth of that and being the embodiment of that too. And not just kind of like closing off or hiding. Or, you know. yeah. <laughs> we've all done, right? At certain points in our life, mm -hmm. we've, we've, all, we've all done that. So For that, sure. Well, it's about the creating. I mean, I remember being a little kid and I'm the same way. Like when I was a little kid, we we got our first desktop computer. I mean, this is where I was at. Like we didn't even have those when I was really little. But when I was about 10, we got our first desktop computer and we got print shop. And I literally sat and made at like 10 or 11 years old or whatever, I was obsessed with making business cards and banners and all these things, which is really funny nowadays because I'm like, wow, I really did love that. But I loved creating things that seemed so real, that made things real and exciting. And I still feel that way, like to write a book and see the cover and be like, oh my God, like I really created something to, to click on the app on my phone and be like, holy crap, like that's, I made that logo myself. Like, you know, and it's, it's not the thing, it's the creation of it. It's that yes. we can create things, we can create reality. And it's so amazing. Like, that's the whole point of being here, in my opinion. Like, this is probably why I want to come here to earth, because it, that's what it is. It's creating. And we, we are just like, you know, you're saying, Julie, you know, we're source. God can only create through us. And how cool is that? Like we're we're creating that energy for source. And and what an amazing gift we have to do that. So that's for me, it's like the creation of things, the creation of I love it from when I was little, creating pamphlets and doing projects at school and art and everything. I and mean, that's and that's yes. what everybody's list here is like spiritual gifts, art, I'm seeing music in here in multiple places, like, it's it's the Shakti. Yes, it's the Shakti, and the Shakti is source itself, and when you connect into source itself, you feel it, right, and you're anointed by it, or initiated by it, whatever, however you want to phrase that, right, so you're in that, you're in the flow of that, and you are sharing that, so that what you do, and what you're offering, is a vehicle for the awakening power, and that is the absolute truth, because I know from, you know, what readers have written and shared with me, that many, many, many people have got Shaktipat from reading my books, many people, and also from doing courses or even just reading, a, you know, an article I've written on Tiny Buddha or wherever. Uh, and so I know that, 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 that this is happening and the Shakti is, is, is moving through and embodied in everything that is being shared and and it's that 
that people are looking for. People are looking for awakening. They're looking for some sort of proof that God is real and God exists and they're not crazy and, you know, all of those things. And that, you know, they, pe people want transformation. They want to be lifted up. They want to feel, you know, the merging with with God, with Christ consciousness, with source, however you want to put that. That's what we long for from the minute we land, actually. <laughs> yeah. I love this. Amy sharing, um, I think Amelia Earhart said, the only way to do is to do it. <laughs> yeah. And yes. It's, it's so true. Like, you just have to do it and, and not and ask questions later. And and there is a difference. Like, I've noticed, like, what you're talking about, Julie, about the multiple projects and distractions. I can definitely, if I... If I allow my mind to take control, I can create all sorts of projects and things that seem creative, um, but aren't actually coming from source. And I, I think you can really tell if you get present with your list, for those of you who are writing in the comments that you're feeling overwhelmed by everything you want to do, because I get that way. And I'm sure you do, Julie, too. Sometimes it's like, oh, I want to do all these things. Um, is really sitting back and saying, okay, which of these is really directed from source? And, you know, I can say very directly from my own experiences this last week was I do have a lot of projects and I have a lot of things I want to do. And some of them are things I want to do um, from wherever place that's from. And when I really sat with it, like my book, it was like, that's what you're supposed to be doing. And you need, that's, that's what's landing from source. And I had to kind of push aside the other stuff. So you have to get good at letting go because you have to let go of some of the things you want to do that's coming from a different place than what you're being asked to do. Yes, yes. And the other thing I'll do as well is I'll often say, what is the most obvious next step with respect to, you know, one or more of the creative projects? And, you know, we always know right <laughs> that, that what that is and what the, the call is and it might be that you know you've been called to write the preface of a book and you just like oh I don't know what to say you know I don't know where to go with that whatever you know <laughs> let me look at these other projects going on over here or you know the chapter 10 or wherever you're at the end of the book and you're going through these difficult sort of <laughs> uh, experiences yeah, so so you know, it's easy to it's easy to just kind of keep keep ourselves busy, rather than mm -hmm. looking at something that that might be a little uncomfortable or a little challenging. But you know, again, this is where keeping it real comes in because it's really about being honest as well, being honest with yourself, and saying, okay, you know, are these kind of vanity projects over here, or is this really a call to action from source? And if it is authentic, and if it's it's really a truly a, a call to action from the source, it will keep showing up, and it won't leave you alone, and it will still be there, you know, weeks or months later, kind of knocking on the door, saying, "Hey, you know, when are you going to create that website or that blog?" You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it just it doesn't leave. It doesn't, and it's not easy ever. There, they'll make it easy for you. I, I've learned like. There's always an easeful solution, but the experience is not easy. Like, and there's always work behind it. And especially a lot of you guys in here are writers. Julie and I are writers. But when you write about your stuff, your own life, it is the hardest, like inner work times a million. And yes. it's true for any creative project. I don't care if you're making music or art or writing but it's such a personal thing. And so to say yes means you're saying yes to that work and it isn't easy, but you will absolutely be supported. There's always an answer. Like that's the thing. There's never, you're not gonna not have a solution. You just have to stay open to what the solution might be. Yes, yes. And, and be willing to sit in the discomfort or to sit in the challenge or to sit in the not knowing, or all three. <laughs> yes, and, and be willing to receive support. Like, that's a huge thing. You know, Michelle and I talked about that this morning, and I feel that now, like, with my book. Like, I asked for some support, and I think, like, that's hard 
to say, I want to accomplish this thing and I can't do it myself. And, um, you know, Claire is sharing, I love this comment. She says, Julia Cameron says, in order to be good artists, we must first be willing to make bad art. Yes. And uh, so true. Yes. And um, just to feel like you want to throw everything in the bin. <laughs> And we've all been there. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and the thing is, sometimes you do have to throw something in the bin and start over, but you're still, it's a, it's about completing it. And that's what I've learned, you know, through working with you, Julie, and through all of this inner work all these years is being able to complete it. And that's like been almost an obsession for me the last two years is I'm going to complete these things. I'm going to yeah. learn how to do it right and get it done and not hold on to it anymore. And that's not easy. It's not an easy yeah. commitment to yourself to say that. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, is if you don't, it just takes up space in your psyche and you feel a bit sort of depressed about not having done it. Right. That's what happens. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. you keep telling yourself, I really should do this and I should do that. No, you know, you're too busy or whatever the story is. <laughs> oh, totally. Uh, well, and yeah. the story itself is exhausting. Like I was really tired of saying, oh, I'm writing this book. It's like, no, I'm done. I want to just say it's done. Like it's time to stop saying, oh, I want to do this thing. And I think that's a good pulse check for all of you guys watching today is Ask yourself, how many times am I saying, oh, I really want to do X, Y, Z, and you're just not doing it? Like, why are you not doing it? Like, why is that your story still? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because I don't I don't have anything that I'm saying I really want to do. Because what when something lands, I just do it, even if I don't have a clue. I just have always, always done that. I'm just mm -hmm. kind of receptively waiting for the next kind of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> And I just always know that it, it, it will just kind of wind its way through and I'll be shown how to do it and, you know, and I'll have fun with it too, right? <laughs> so it's, mm -hmm. it's not a chore and a, something else that you really should do and I don't want to do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, time just flies in here. I can't believe it's already been an hour. It's just uh, it's so great to have you back. I really miss talking to you every month. So um, maybe we won't wait for another three months to figure out how to do this more often because it's just so nice to see you and just a great audience today. You guys have just been awesome. And Julie, I'd love for you to share with everybody. Um, I think by now they know how to find you, but I, and it's across the screen. But I also would love for you to share, like, what do you have going on and, and what's upcoming for you? And what do you want to share with the audience today? Yeah, so, um, uh, you know, anybody can find me on my website, which is juliehoyle.org. You can also find me on Instagram at juliehoyleofficial. And I have my own YouTube channel, which is, you know, Julie Hoyle on YouTube, which has been a lot of fun. I just do like five or ten minute um, little kind of segments speaking to questions that are coming up. Um, I am currently in the beginning stages of writing a follow-up book on the shadow and how to work with the shadow, which is called The Shadow Diaries, The Shadow Wet Diary, Diaries, um, How the Darkness You Fear Holds the Treasure You, you, you Seek. I had to think that. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm working on that. And I'm, I, I've invited um, several people, our host included, to write a chapter and uh so, so it's a sort of collaborative project so that will hopefully be coming out in august and then i had what landed in me a few weeks ago was to offer new sessions called the end of seeking sessions and i'm really offering those for people that have been on this spiritual path for many many years and are kind of at the stage where they want to drop, drop all of that and just really work with what is here and so those have been going really, really well. And um, I've, I've got other projects, but I won't speak to those just yet because I'm going to wait a little while until I get sort of clear about what that looks like. But those are the kind of my main areas of focus right now. And I'm also likely going to be creating new intuitive art projects that I'll be working on and uploading onto 
Crosscraft over the summer. So that's quite a bit <laughs> right now, I would say. And um, yeah, and I'm just having fun. What can I say? <laughs> well, yes. I love it. And we love everything that you are putting out into the world. And, and don't forget, everybody, that Julie's also in the Ajata Casa social media app. Um, her group is called Awake Now What? So don't forget to go in there. And if you are in there or you want to be in there, we do have a webinar free for everybody next Thursday, the 20th, um, to actually teach you how to work the app. So if you want to register for that, you can just go to lisamgunshore.com and it's right at the top. There's like an announcement bar. So don't forget to do that as well. Julie, I love you so much. Thank you for everything and for being here today. It's so good. Thank you. It's been an absolute joy as always. You know how I go. I love every single minute. And I really love that we've had so much engagement because this is the whole point of being on here. Otherwise, I'd go take a walk on the beach or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do something else to right, go, go ride your bike or whatever. Although, actually, probably dig out snow right now in Colorado. <laughs> yes, it's snowed again. Jeez. Yes, thank you guys. Yeah, great audience today. And um, yes, love you so much, Julie. And we are back with one more show this week, you guys. And thank you so much. And um, have a great day. We'll see you guys in the app. Bye. Bye.